God made moms in a special way, didn't he? I'm so thankful for moms and for all of you mothers. Again, happy Mother's Day. And we are kicking off a new series on the family. What better way to start our series than celebrating Mother's Day? Because in our world, there's so many, uh, especially in our entertainment world, there's so many things filled with different ideas of the family from sitcoms to Academy, award-winning films, the family is at the core of every single one of these things. What is happening in our world? And there is not an issue in the world that we deal with that, the, that doesn't come out of the structure of the family, whether positive or negative. But this series will help us and teach us biblical values on the family and how God designed the family. And then when... When the family is not operating in the way God designed it, how it affects our home, resulting in what is happening in the world. But today, as we look at mothers and the importance of mothers, a mother's compassion cannot go unnoticed. There's just something about a mother's compassion. And mothers are so important that without them, it's almost like compassion would cease to exist. Imagine if compassion in our world was how dads gave compassion. Now, I think we have compassion as fathers, but it's just different than a mom. For instance, when our children fall down and they get hurt, they have a scrape or something, who do they go running to? They go to mom. There's a reason for that. Because mom will kiss their boo-boo, they'll make it okay, and dads will be like, your leg is not broken, there's no blood, your bone is still intact, you're fine. So there's a different compassion when it comes to mothers. Dads are just different. Did you know that the Bible has been written over a time span of over 1,500 years with 40 different authors and 66 books in this one book, compiled in this one book, with the word mother written over 300 times. 300 times the Bible says mother. Some of you moms are saying, my kids say mom more than 300 times in one hour. Mom, 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 mommy, 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 mommy. And you think about it, that word alone has weight to it. Because kids understand that the mom has authority. And it's a paradox when it comes to mothers and the discipline. Because our mothers discipline us because they love us. And the importance of a mother... It has a play on it when you're getting disciplined. Because when my mom would discipline, it, it really didn't matter what was nearby or, or who was around. It was, it was the time to be disciplined. And the neat thing about moms, when you discipline, it's kind of like you discipline not just for the incident, but you discipline forever. And you let us know. Because my mom would do that. She would discipline me and almost like a dog. Come here. Come here. Get over here. No, come right here. And you kind of creep up. You go closer and closer. No, right here. It's like there's a spot on the ground. I'm thinking, Mom, just throw an X on the ground. I'll go there. But come here, come here. And you stand by your mom, and you know they love you. and But you know you did something wrong, and so they have to discipline you. And when my mom would discipline me, it would always be on the behind. But, you know, we don't want to get spanking, so we give all our excuses. We turn around, we clinch up, we, we block. And, and the moms had the, had, the, had the claws. If you block, you'll get two more. If you block, you'll get two more. After a while, your mom is so insane that she'll just say, you know, I'll just hit you anywhere. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to hit you wherever you're going to go. And you're crawled up in a, you know, in a little ball on the ground. She's saying, what's wrong with you? What's, I would have given you just one, but now it's 15. And so now you're on the ground, and you're wondering what's happening. 
And so she would discipline, and I remember her, and I remember this vividly. She would say to me, do you want to be like your uncle? Do you want to be? Because he was like you when he was small. He was like you. And I'm thinking, why do you have to choose the worst person? The one that's in jail. The one that's addicted to something. You can be like him. And I'm thinking, what, what are you doing? But that's the compassion of a mom. You see how brilliant you mothers are? You psychologically damage us from the get-go. It's like from the very beginning, you, you instill in our minds that something's bad, something bad is going to happen if we don't behave. And I remember even going to the store, she would use people in authority against me. You see that man? Right? He could take you away. You want to cry? And it was a security guard. And you security guards, you guys kind of play with the moms. You're like, yeah. Take you away. Listen to your mama. And I'm thinking, what is this? Did my mom plan this? I'm sure moms walked away going, thank you. I'm sure you guys plan these things. There's just some kind of code. But I think moms, you just, you have that much compassion for your children that you're willing to do whatever it takes to steer your children in the right direction. You know, the Bible talks about these, we're going to look at this story about these two women who were caught in a, kind of like a, a, a difficult situation. And the compassion that you're going to see from one mom kind of outweighs another one. And you're going to see in this story that, boy, we struggle with all kinds of different situations, especially as mothers. Now, if you're reading along with us in our Bible, and for those who are new today, we actually go through a bookmark that we read together. But you're going to find in the book of Kings that there's a story that King Solomon came across, or a situation that he came across, that he had to make a wise decision. And he had to, he had to figure this out. And it's an amazing story. It's, a, it's kind of a weird one because you don't hear these kinds of stories often. But there's just something about a mother's love. Mother's love is tough. Mother's love is energetic. And a mother's love is unconditional. It's just amazing that God built within mothers the capacity to love unconditionally. Well, in this story, let me just uh, give you a little back history. Solomon becomes the next king of Israel. Remember now, David was king. Before him was Saul. And so now David's son, Solomon, becomes king. Well, Solomon is visited by the Lord in a dream. Any of you mothers have dreams for your children? Well, the Lord visits Solomon in a dream. And the Lord says to Solomon, what do you want? ask and I'll give it to you. Now, at that point, it's almost like, what would you, what would you ask God for? What would you ask God for? What, maybe, maybe I would ask God for, you know, something like, a, I don't know, a house or whatever it is, maybe something tangible. I don't know. Some would ask for more money. Some would ask for a better job. Some would ask for protection on the family or, or something to do with the family. We probably all would have different things, but you narrow it down on the seriousness of what God was asking I wonder if we would, we would kind of zone in on what God was saying and, and really think through, wait, wait, wait a minute. So if you're asking me what I want, will you give it to me? And if God says, I will, then how serious would, I, would our answer be? Well, Solomon is dealing with this. And, and so he says to God, I, I, I ask for wisdom. That's what I ask for. I ask for wisdom to govern your people well. That's what I want. 
And God says, well, because you didn't ask for riches or anything like that, I will grant you wisdom. But because you didn't ask for tangible things or materialistic things, I will also give you that too. And so God gives Solomon this wisdom, but even more than that. And I'm going to read in 1 Kings, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, I'll read it to us. But 1 Kings chapter 3, this is in the Old Testament, and and, uh, it's just a wonderful, powerful story. And uh, it, it doesn't begin, like, in the best way, because it starts off almost in a, uh, almost in a, uh, a, a horrible place. But it reads like this. Now, two women who were harlots came to the king. In, in other words, they were prostitutes. They came to the king and stood before him. Sorry, I know, this Mother's Day, and I'm talking about harlots and prostitutes. Just like, it doesn't match, but it will. Hang with me. Don't leave. It's a great, powerful story. So they stood before him, and one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house. And I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened on the third day, after I had given birth, that this woman also gave birth, and we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side, While your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I had examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, no, but the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, no, but the dead one is your son and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. And the king, who is Solomon, he said, The one says, This is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, No, but your son is the dead one, and mine is the living one. Then the king said, Bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king, and the king said, Divide the child in two, give half to one and half to the other. The woman, then the woman whose son was living, spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, Oh, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, Well, let him neither be mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is the mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. Now when Solomon asks for wisdom, God uses a mother's situation to test Solomon's wisdom. And in this situation, we find that these two women, they're not in the best situation. They're not in the greatest situation. They're living a lifestyle that is not pleasing to God. And then now they're caught in a situation that they don't know what to do with. So now here's this one mom trying to take the baby from the other mom. And here's the other mom trying to protect her child. And so in this story, we see that mothers go through all kinds of situations. And many times without people even recognizing it. 
See, moms are resilient. And there are things that we can learn from mothers today. There are things that we can learn from these two moms. There are things we can learn from one another. But as we learn from these two mothers, we're going to look at three simple things that will help us as people in how God designed moms and how we too can learn the importance of a mother and how we can learn from this situation. And the first thing, if you're taking notes, you can, you can write this in, that we can learn this, to adapt, because that's what moms do. They adapt well to various situations. We're all going to adapt by default to any situation. We're all going to adapt to it. Whatever comes our way, we're going to adapt. We're going to change. Things will happen. Life happens. Things come up. We've got to deal with it. But you're going to determine how well you adapt to the situations. Things will happen. Finances will go bad. And no matter what the circumstances are, for some reason, mothers find themselves stepping up to any situation they're in. But think about it. What, what really do moms want? Because I know some of you are wondering, what do I get my mom for Mother's Day? What do I get them? I, I, you know, it, it's one of the toughest things to do because... If, if we were to get moms what they're due, we'd all be in debt. Because moms deserve the world. But what blesses a mother? And I thought, okay, let me turn to the Bible. What, what would bless a mother? And the Bible says this. Proverbs 30, verse 11. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. And I thought... Let's not be a generation that does not bless our mother. See, a, a child who wants to bless their mom, and I'm sure moms can agree with this, is a child who loves God. A child who walks after the ways of God. A child who lives with integrity. A child who, who is honest. A child who shows compassion to others. And if you... If you're trying to figure out how to make your mom proud or what would my mom be proud of and what I would do. For some reason, moms, when our children are already born, it's kind of like you're already proud of them. Moms just have this innate capability to be proud of their children regardless of what happens. Oh, they, they can be disappointed at times. You know, we'll make mistakes and moms can be disappointed, but they're always proud of their children. Because they have this thing called an unconditional love. And when a child follows the Lord, boy, it changes. It, it does something to a mom. It blesses her. And I thought, let's not be the generation that does not bless its mother. That we would be people who would bless their moms. Learn to adapt to different situations. I know in, in my life, uh, there was a season where my mom and I didn't get along well. You know, we had uh, just this... This break in our relationship as mother and son, and and it was normally around the teenage years that lasted into my my early twenties, and and so I I moved away, and and the relationship got better, and today it's just unbelievable. But even in those situations, we're gonna we're gonna be at at opposite sides with our mothers. It's gonna happen. But you come back around because there's things that we gotta learn, adapt well to the situation. Don't just leave it at a dead end. Always keep an open door. Always have something that kids can come back to. And, and kids, always keep an open door for your mama. Because they can still give you lickings. I'm just putting that as a disclaimer. They will still. It doesn't matter how old you are. You're still your mommy's baby. 
doesn't matter. I met this guy, he was probably in his late 50s. And, I, and the mom introduced him and she said, this is my baby. And, I'm, and you can see the guy, he's used to it already. He's like, yeah, it's my mama. It doesn't matter because it sticks with the mom. But adapt well to whatever circumstance comes your way. Just adapt well and God will be the one that will help us through. As the saying goes, it's not the cards that were dealt to you. It's how you play your hand. And no matter what situation, God allows us to adapt because He's going to strengthen us through it. You know, when I was in the second grade, some of you know this, but my father left us. And I know there's many single moms out here. And so there's, there may be some that are bitter, some that are angry, some you feel like it's your fault, or some you're still questioning, what did I do wrong? And, and you're thinking through all these different things and maybe emotions are getting to you. But something that my mom did that I, I never recognized until this Mother's Day, that I was thinking about, why didn't my mom ever talk about my dad in a negative way? Why, I, I don't remember my mom ever talking to me about my dad in a negative way. I do remember my mom talking to me about my dad in a positive way. And I remember when, when you know, Father's Day would come up or, or different events would come up and... And I would be reminded of my dad. My mom would always give me a good memory of my father. That's what moms do. They adapt so well to the given situation. And they always speak positive. She never, she never put the burden on us as children. She always, for some reason, carried that burden. And she carried it well. And I never realized that until this Mother's Day that, wow, my mom carried a burden that was not hers to bear. But she carried it because she protected us as her children. See, there's always going to be someone or something we can blame in our situations, but it really doesn't help much. And mothers, you, you carry burdens that, that people may never see. And sometimes your own children will never see until they're in their 40s or sometimes later, hopefully earlier. But sometimes we don't recognize those things. Just like these two women who are dealing with this situation. They were in the same situation, but they both dealt with it differently. Imagine if the one woman decided to act like the other one. And when the king, when King Solomon said, you know, divide the child in half. And imagine if they both said, okay, go for it. You can't have them. I can't have them. Fine. Who suffers? Yeah, the child. It's amazing that this mom who had compassion for her son, which many of you mothers do, and I believe all moms do this, you always think about your children before you. And no matter how sick and tired you are, you're never sick and tired to care for your children. And I tell you something, we remember that. We may not tell you, but we remember it. It may be 40 years later, but we remember it. Some of you feel like giving up. You feel like you're not making a difference. You feel like, well, I, you know, I'm in this situation. Poor, poor thing, my kids, they can't have, they don't have, they can't have this and that. And you're doing the best that you can. You're adapting well to your situation. Because you're still being the mom that God created you to be. Nothing else can take that away. No matter what situation you're in, God knows. And he says, I can, I can help you in every, any situation that you are in. 
Because it's not the situation that we're surrounded by that will determine how well we are or how well you do as a mother or how well we do as people. It's the Lord who surrounds us better than the situation. Look at what Psalm 91 tells us. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the, of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Sometimes we need to just say it out loud that the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. And I know my mom used to say that out loud in a different way, but it wasn't scriptural. She would just say, God, where are you? She would feel, because we would be giving her hard times, and I remember when we would give my mom such a hard time, she would turn to this phrase, you guys are giving me a heart attack. That's what she would say. You guys are giving me a heart attack. And yes, it was our fault because we would scare our mom and, you know, we'd hide in the closet and then when she would open the closet, and my mom would get scared and then we would think it's funny. Some of you do that to your moms to this day. But the moms don't think it's funny. Maybe after a while they do. But I remember my mom saying that. You guys drive me crazy sometimes. I feel like I got to take crazy pills. But for some reason, you still function. You're still able to be a mom. It's like God gives you a reset button to adapt well to all the situations that you're in. See, with these two moms, they, they could have either responded in anger or frustration, which one mom did, or, or, or responded in a negative way. But then the other mom responded in a different way, with kindness and compassion. And with the kind of heart that said, I want what's best for my child. I, I, will, I will give up so that he may live. I will die to myself so that my child can live. It's probably the best illustration that I can see for moms. That you're willing to put yourself on the side so that someone else may live. And you're able to adapt well, but not, not that uh, not, not only that, but you're also, and, and the second thing is that you're able to model compassion. And we can learn that. Nothing like a mother's compassion. We, we can model compassion. Moms, you do that well. You model compassion to others. Mother Teresa said it like this. She said, I would rather make mistakes in kindness and compassion than to work miracles in unkindness and hardness. And I think we can learn that because we, we all hesitate to do certain things because we don't want to make mistakes. But, but not moms. You're willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. You do whatever it takes. You, you, you'll make ready for any situation, but you'll also model compassion. And you do whatever it takes. I know my mom at many times, and she has never said this to me, but I, I kind of figured it out now. She would give up her meals for us. And I would wonder, how come my mom doesn't eat? Because she would give up her portion for her children. That's, that's where we were in our situation because how we were growing up and, and sometimes we just had without. But my mom would give up her meal for her children. She models compassion. 
Moms will do that. They'll model compassion to other people, and we can learn from that because it's so easy for us to respond in the flesh. It's so easy for us to be like the other mother and respond in anger and do things with frustration and, and a lack of joy. But moms, you model compassion and kindness to others. Imagine if the world had no mothers. Where would we be with compassion? And I know it would kind of be figured out, but just hypothetically speaking, what would our world look like if it wasn't for mothers? What if we grew on trees? What if we just grew on trees like fruit and then fell and then some of us were rotten? Some of us, you know, we get bumps and bruises all over. We, you know, we hothead. But imagine if we just grew on trees. Where would compassion come from? Moms, you have this special compassion for people. And so much so that even Paul the Apostle, when he was planting churches in the New Testament, he used mothers as, a, as an example, as, a, as a, an illustration of the kind of love that he felt for the people, for the church. That Paul the Apostle, we got to remember, he wasn't always someone who followed God. He was someone who was like the other mother. He was like the mom who said, destroy the child, cut him in half. That's what he would do. He would go around destroying Christians. He would go around looking for people who believed in God, sending them to prison, and even putting some to death. That's who he was until he met Jesus Christ. And when he met Jesus Christ, it changed his whole world. Now Paul had a kind of compassion that moms had. It's like now he had compassion for others and he, he uses that in the context of the church and how he feels towards the church. And now he sees the church as a family and has compassion for them and, and he continues to encourage them to, to do the Lord's work. And he refers to them now not as enemies, but he refers to them as children. In 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, he says this, and he writes these words, As an apostle of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but instead we were like children among you, or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. You know what Paul did? Paul uses a mother to show compassion. Paul uses the mother to encourage this new church how to conduct themselves. Kind of like what we're doing today. That mothers have so much to give, so much to, to teach. And although God created woman, something happens when you become a mom. Something changes. And imagine. Well, for some of you, you don't need to imagine because you've done this. For nine months, you carried that child nine months some a little bit longer maybe they were overdue maybe a premature whatever it would be but for nine months you carried that child and you let your husbands know that you've carried that child for nine months you let your children know that you've carried them for nine months when the time comes to it because when the child tries to rebel that's your card you know, I gave birth to you. But it's true. But you also let everybody else know 
that you've carried that child for nine months. Whatever it would be, because there comes a point, and I'm not making fun, it's just the reality when I watch the women who have children, and, you know, you have not lost the, the, the weight from the childbirth, and 40 years later you're saying, that's because of you. It's because of you. That's why I like this. You know, I used to look like this. But you did something to me. I never deserved this, so you better be nice to me. But it's, that's just the way it goes with the moms. And, but you still have that compassion for your child, even though you want to beat them over the head because they changed the way you look. You still have that compassion. Now, with these two moms, it's amazing that even though they had to deal with this situation and they had to go to Solomon for some wisdom, after they were done and after they left, they were still living in a situation. One of the moms whose child was still dead still had to go home and face that. Because I know there's some moms today that, boy, the, the, the pain is still there. It's still there. Because you're a mother who loves your child. And although your child is not here today, or maybe your mom is not here today, you still feel that love. And I tell you, God will fill you with such a love, such a, a vision of what the future holds, and that's why He created a place called heaven. See, God doesn't, He doesn't just look at what we're going to go through. He looks at what we're going through and what we're going to. Some of you, you may have lost your child at an early age, and maybe you lost your mother. But there is a place that God has created for all of us, a place called heaven. It's a perfect place. So now your mothers who are up there are looking at their bodies now. They're saying, Woo, it was worth it. It was worth it. Because they have a brand new body, brand new strength, a brand new joy that they're looking at Jesus face to face. They're in a different place. It's, it's kind of like God says, I will reward you for all that you've done here on this earth. I have a place set for you. Mom, moms are the, the kinds of people that when God created, he, he built within them some kind of special compassion. I, 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 don't, I don't see it anywhere else. It's, it's, it's only in moms. And, and even though God created woman as a helper suitable for man, He created mothers specifically for children. Specifically. And with the compassion that mothers have, I, I can only imagine what the world would be like without it. My, I remember watching uh, like National Geographic with my mom. Any of you had mothers who would talk to the TV when they would be watching if they're watching a soap opera, I remember her watching soap operas and, and she would say, no, no, don't go back to him. Don't go back. Sheldon, she shouldn't go back to him. You know why? And she would explain the whole thing. I'm thinking, I have no clue, mom. I don't, I live on the world. I don't watch it turn. I just live here. And so she would always talk to the TV, but National Geographic was the one that would frustrate her because, you know, wildlife. So you'd see the lion take out, you know, like a, a little buffalo or something like that. And my mom would stand up. She goes, where's the cameraman? Where's the crew? I'm like, what are you doing, mom? She goes, look, look, he's killing the other animal. 
I said, that's what they do, mom, in the wild. The lion got to eat. He's like, yeah, but look, look. Oh, I can't watch. I can't watch this. Oh, tell me when it's over. I'm like, mom, he's just chomping away at the buffalo. He's, he's taking him out. It's dead already. She goes, why you got to say that? Now I'm visually thinking about it. I said, mom, that's what happens. It happens in the wild. It's going to happen with or without you, mom. She goes, yeah, but why doesn't the camera people do something? Like, because they wouldn't have a show. That's the whole point, mom. They're letting us know what happens in the wild. I don't know if I should share this one, but I, I will. And if it doesn't go well, I won't share it the next two services. So elders, let me know if this one is not good. So I just came back from the Philippines a couple, maybe a month or so ago. I call my mom just to let her know where I am and just to talk to her. She tells me this. Now, okay, we're family. Please, we're, this is a series. It's a brand new series. Forgive me for this one. She tells me, Sheldon, you need to find the Tata who's killing dogs. I said, what? She goes, yes, you need to go find them. I said, and do what? She goes, you know, it's cruelty to animals. So you need to go find them and just tell them stop killing the dogs. I said, mom, I'm in the Philippines. I think there's over 90 million people here. She says, no, but if you don't say something, who will? I said, okay, mom, I'll do my best. I will do my best. She goes, don't do your best. Go find them. And so I didn't know what to do. And so I I should have just said, okay, mom. But no, as the son, I say, you know what, mom? It's it's kind of like me telling you, go find one of our kupuna or one of our Hawaiian ancestors or one of our tutus here on the islands and tell them stop killing pigs. She goes, you know, I did that. I said, what? He says, yes, I stopped a man in Walmart and told him, how come you guys kill pig? And I said, mom, how can you do this? So that's just a side note on just the compassion of my mom. So we'll see how it goes for a second service. But I think just, just moms are just filled with that kind of compassion. When you see an injustice taking place, it's like you do something about it. You say something. And it's interesting that if there's a fight, you'll do something. You even get in the middle of certain fights and you do something. You just have that kind of compassion. Some of you might think, you don't know my mom. She has a different kind of compassion. And like, like one mom said, I wasn't this crazy before I had children. I was different. And some of you moms would even tell your children, I wasn't always like this. I was different. But when you have children, things change. Life changes. And I know you would not change a single thing as a mother. Regardless of how things are today. Because you love your children unconditionally. Mothers teach us compassion. And without realizing it, moms, you you exemplify this wisdom that Solomon had. You exemplify godly wisdom. And and we can learn that. And you can write that in your last thing, in your last point. that, That we can all learn from our mothers to exemplify godly wisdom. See, godly wisdom is not like the wisdom of the world. You might think, well, well... 
how do I gain this wisdom then? And, and how can moms have it? But think about it. Guess, where's, guess where much of Solomon's wisdom came from? Now we might say God, and yes, it came from God, but who did God use to bring wisdom? Now, Solomon got wisdom from all kinds of different places. He searched out wisdom and things, but, but there's also a, a scripture, and it's in the book of Proverbs 31, verse 1, and it says this, and it's in your notes. It says, The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. Now, this king, this name, Lemuel, uh, it is said that it's another name for Solomon, that that's what his mother called him. Because I think many of us, we were given names that are not on our birth certificate that our mothers used to call us. Maybe they called you Baba or uh, they called you, uh, I don't know what they would call you, Brada. Or they would call you, ay, ay, ay. Maybe they would call you, uh, I don't know, uh, like a nickname. They would call you a nickname. And some of you have a nickname that your mother gave to you. But Solomon, and, and some scholars believe that this was him learning and, and him writing this down. And earlier during worship, Kat talked a little bit about Psalm 31. And, and it's, a, it's a great way to end the Psalm, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 31. It's a great way to end it. And, and Solomon is saying, this is how I got a lot of my wisdom. It's words that my mother spoke to me. See, moms, you, you, when you speak to your children because of the compassion that you have and you're, you're able to adapt well to all the situations that come your way, it's like God continues to give you wisdom over and over and over again. It's like it's built into you. Now, I'm sure, like all of us, we, we learn. We learn from our past. We learn from, from our Lord. We come to Him as, as, as children and we receive Him as Lord and Savior and then He gives us wisdom. We go to the Word of God for wisdom. We pray to God for wisdom. And so God will give it to us. But for moms, that's, we can learn that. There's a godly wisdom that comes from moms. And, and sometimes we don't realize it while we're growing up. We, just, we, don't, we don't think about it until we hit life. And then we realize, okay, that's what mom was talking about. That's what she was saying. And what Solomon is saying in this proverb is is not what was spoken to him, but what was spoken to him or declaring what his mother said. He's saying, this is is where I got some wisdom. It's, It's what my mom used to tell me. See, there comes a point in every one of our lives where we realize that our mothers were teaching us something of value. That they're teaching us about life. And God uses the mother to exemplify this godly wisdom. See, there's, there's worldly wisdom and then there's godly wisdom. Worldly wisdom pulls us away from God. Godly wisdom pulls us towards God. So if you ever have to determine, okay, what is godly wisdom? What is worldly wisdom? Worldly wisdom will always pull us away from God. Godly wisdom will always pull us towards Him. And it's, it's a way for us to determine, okay, what, is, what are you saying to me, Lord? See, you can see that happening with these two mothers. You can see that happening 
with them thinking of what, what wisdom do I use? I mean, I, I, I have this wisdom. I want to, with one mom says, you know what then? Death. And the other mother says, no, 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 life. And that's the kind of wisdom that God will give to us. He'll say, either you're going to use worldly wisdom that points to death, or you're going to use godly wisdom that points to life. Just as a mom gives life to a child, so too does God. Apply the kind of wisdom in such a way that, that when we apply it, when we live it out, people will say, that reminds me of Jesus. That reminds me of God. It reminds me of the compassion of God. It reminds me of the compassion of Jesus Christ. That people will say, you look just like Jesus. They'll identify you by the way we live, by how we love one another. That's a kind of godly wisdom that God looks for in us. When my mom would, uh, you know, do laundry and things, she would teach me. And, and we, we didn't have a washing machine, so we had to wash by hand. And it was in that, you know, that side sink that's next to the washing machine. And so we'd wash it in that. And then you'd have to squeeze it out. And some of you remember, you know, washing by hand. But uh, we would squeeze it out. Now, when I would hang clothes, I just thought, they got to dry. It doesn't matter how you hang it. So I would just throw it over, and I didn't need to pin it. It was so much faster. So I would just hang it over the clothesline and just hang it, hang it, hang it, hang it. And one day I was done with it, and, you know, I didn't squeeze it as hard as I should have, so, you know, the clothesline is hanging down. And, and so I remember going in the house, and my mom came in, and she said, Sheldon, what did you do to the clothesline? And I said, what? I, I hung the clothes. She goes, how come it's so low? I said, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I didn't squeeze it out as good. And so she went outside and rehung everything. And she goes, watch how I do this. She took them all off, put it on her shoulder, and then pinned every single one organizationally, if that's a word. She just did it well. And I said, Mom, it doesn't matter how you hang it. Now, I'm thinking she's going to respond with, it does matter, because the wind velocity and the circumference of how the sun is radiating around the earth, gravitational pull, and all of that in the earth. And I thought she was going to bring something like that. But she said this, you need to hang it right because people are going to think it's me. It's <laughs> like, what? So it's your reputation that's at stake, not my clothes. You could care less if the thing is stiff or if it's, you know, dragging on the ground. But I thought about that. I thought that's, that's what moms do. They, they're letting, she's letting me know to do things well because it's a reflection of someone else. And it reminds me of God to do things in such a way that when I apply godly wisdom, people will look at me and, and they'll recognize God. They'll recognize Christ. That they'll say, by the way you live your life, I know it's Jesus in you. Moms will do that. Children, you think your moms correct you because they're mad? There's something else they're teaching you. Something beneath the surface. Something that will last for an entire lifetime. Live in such a way that people will think that it's Jesus living through you. That's the importance of a mother. And you do that so well. Happy Mother's Day. And close your Bibles and put away your notes. And ask the band to come up.
By the way, congratulations to all those that were graduate that that graduated this past week. Uh, we just want to say congratulations because moms did something well this past week. All the college students, you did a great job, moms and dads. And I know you graduated, and now it's a different season. And yesterday we were at this one event called Salute to the Seniors, and I met uh, Steve Uihara, who is. He does sunrise with KGM, KGMB in the morning, and he was the guest speaker there. And I was sitting with Steve Uihara, and we're just talking about moms and, and things like that. And, and I told him, I said, you know, when I was a teenager, I went through this you know, whole ordeal, and my mom was so upset at me. She was disappointed, and, and uh, I kind of felt like I let my mom down. You know, I... I I moved away. I didn't go to college because I was a teenage father, so I opted out of college, and, and I moved here to the Big Island, and, and boy, my mom was so mad at me. And, and this is something Steve Uihara said, and I, I, I will never forget this because I never thought about this. He said, you know, I don't think your mom was really mad at you. I think she just wanted the best for you. And I thought, that's what moms do. And it's not so much of when we do something not well or do something wrong or get, you know, stuck in a situation that our mothers are mad at us. They just want the best for us. I remember when we were growing up and, you know, other kids would have toys. We just had to do whatever we could do and and make with what we had. And, And once in a while, we would get, you know, a special toy for Christmas or a birthday but I remember because everybody else had, uh, and they would get special things, like when video games came out, Atari. Remember that, Atari? Eight-bit kind of, you know, it was just a, this is a simple video game thing. And, and I remember saying to my mom, Mom, can I get an Atari? And she's like, no, I can't get you an Atari. I can't even get bread. You know, I, I, we can't get Atari. And so I'll be kind of mad at my mom. And then when, when new things would come out, again, toys would come out. And I said, Mom, can I get a He-Man? I want Castle Grayskull. And she would say, no, we can't afford that. And everybody else got it. And I would get mad at my mom and I'd say, Mom, how come I can't have toys? How come I can't have like them? And, and how, come, how come we can't have new things? How come we always have to go to this store? And she never put it on us. She never, you know, she never made us feel horrible after that. It's kind of like she just took the hit. Then I would go to my friend's house, and of course, everybody else, they had cars, and I'd say, Mom, how come we don't have a car? Why don't we buy a car? I said, well, we can't can't buy a car right now. And then as I continued to grow up, I remember one day just getting into this big argument argument with my mom, and and, and I told her, and this is after my dad left, and we're dealing with all of this stuff. I said, Mom, why don't you? Why don't you work? And I said, Mom, if you worked, we could get more. And I remember grumbling with her, and and I know this hurt her. I said, Why don't you just get a job? She just took it. And it's like 
she didn't have to say anything. And I think for her it was, and she told me this years later when I, of course, had to apologize to her. And I, I told her, I said, you know, Mom, I, I know, you know, the situation. And she said, you know, even though we were on welfare and even though we were getting assistance, I would not trade anything. Because she said, the joy of being with you guys, that was my job. And when I look at how she did what she did, because I know we live in a world that people can take advantage of the system, and I understand that. But there was just something that my mom did and how she did things that I thought she just took hit after hit from people, from her own children. She just took it. But then came a day that her children grew up. You know, a day that her children got families of their own and got their own homes and, and moved out. And, and I think for moms who are going through whatever you may be going through, there are better days ahead. The other, this is some years ago, I, I, was, I had to go to Oahu for a, just a one-day meeting. And my mom does have a job now because she said, I can work now. She's so happy. And she's working at this one place uh, that serves food. And so I'll make it a point if I have time, I'll, I'll go run down and, and, and go look for her. And, and she was working that day. And so I went to where she was working. And I said, oh, is, is Laureen working today? And said, oh, yeah, but she's on break right now. She's actually eating lunch. And I said, oh, okay, I'll go find her. And so I look around and I see my mom sitting there by herself eating soup. And I just, I just took a moment. I just watched. And so proud of her. And so I walked towards her. And you know, she didn't know I was there. I tried to surprise her. And you know, she gets mad when I surprise her because she wants to spend more time. You know how that goes as moms. And so I was walking towards her. She looks at me. She looks down. She goes, Sheldon! What are you doing here? I said, oh, I have a meeting, but I got to fly out. And so I just wanted to come and see you. She goes, I want to buy you lunch. I said, no, 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 mom, no need, no need. I can, I can buy it. She goes, no, 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 no need. And she goes, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it for you. And I said, no, mom, I'll buy my lunch. And she says, no, 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 because where I work, they give me a discount. So I'll buy it for you. And, so, and it's like the Lord told me, and I remember standing there going back and forth. I'll buy it. I can afford it, mom. I can get it. It's like the Lord say, no. She's waited a long time for this moment. Let her have it. And so I sat down in the middle of the Makai Market in Ala Moana with hundreds of people, a lot of noise. But it was just my mom and I just sitting down. And as we're sitting, I'm thinking... This is such a valuable moment 
And here I am at my age, sitting with my mom, eating a lunch that she bought at a discount, and just sitting. And it's, it's at that point I'm realizing the importance of a mother and how much she taught me just in that one given moment. And I think for you moms, don't think that every moment that you speak or every moment you spend with your children is a moment just, that just comes and goes because you're building memories in your children that will continue to last for their entire life. But even still, at the age we're at, as children and as mothers, you're still giving godly wisdom. You're still loving unconditionally and you're still teaching your children the value of life. And I think no matter what situation we're in, how you've been adapting to every situation, I would say this to you mothers, well done, good and faithful servant. Happy Mother's Day. Could we have our mothers stand this morning? We just want to say thank you for all the moms. Could you stand this morning? We just want to say thank you for being a great mom. Thank you for all the moments. Thank you. You can stay standing and I'm going to, we're going to pray twice, okay? Because we're going to pray for our mothers and then we're going to pray for all of us. And after we pray for our mothers, we'll all stand together. But if you're near one of the moms, could you just put a hand on their shoulder and and we're going to pray. Yeah, just put your hand on their shoulder. we're going to pray. You bow your heads with me. Lord, we just thank you for our mothers. We thank you for the wisdom that you've given to them and and how much we can learn from them. Lord, we especially pray for a strength, a resilience, the kind of compassion that comes from you to continue to come come from our moms. and, And as you continue to move through the mothers, that we as children and as family that we will continue to learn from them. There are world changers and world shapers. So we pray your blessing over them. Protect them wherever they may go. Add health to their bodies. Add health to their immune system. Give them the kind of strength they need for the young ones because some of them are new moms. For our grandparents, Lord, I pray that they would continue to love their children in such a way that the grandchildren pick it up. And so we thank you for our mothers. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, Amen. Let's all stand together this morning. Let's all stand. Thank you, mothers. And we're just going to pray for all of us, okay? I know that was a special one from our, for our mothers, but we're just going to pray for all of us. Would you bow our heads? Lord, we thank you. For the wisdom that you give to us through these mothers, thank you for teaching us today how we can be people who adapt well to all the circumstances and situations that come our way, that we would love others and have compassion for other people, and at the same time be people who exemplify godly wisdom, be people who 
who model who you are to others. Lord, that's the importance of a mother. We can all learn from it. And so we pray your blessing in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen.